Hello and welcome to Messiah's Upper Room Podcast. Each week you'll join Messiah's Upper Room Bible Study Class led by Pastor Jim Oddy. This week we have guest speaker Gina Lerman lead the class in a discussion on the Eighth Commandment. Enjoy. What we're studying today is the Eighth Commandment. And you can see on here it says, You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. It was kind of nice because in Pastor Coleman, or in first service this morning, so some of y'all are going to get a glimpse of first service, that the first lesson kind of feeds right into today's study. It's from Zechariah, and it says, These are the things that you shall do. Speak the truth to one another. Render in your gates judgments that are true and make for peace. Do not devise evil in your hearts against one another and love no false oath for all these things I hate, declares the Lord. So that was kind of a nice leeway into our lesson when, when that was read this morning. And of course, I have to start off class by not bearing false witness. I was trying to get the classroom all organized this morning and put the lessons out and they weren't stapled. So I went down to first service. I was going to come back up here and staple and put them out. I didn't do it. Sandra did it. So I'm not going to bear false witness and take credit for these being out here. So just have to start off with that note. If you let's look at the first part of the lesson. It says, we should fear and love God that we may not deceitfully belie, betray, slander, nor defame our neighbor, but defend him, speak well of him, and put the best construction on everything. Martin Luther said that. Now, I think we've talked about it in previous classes. Who is our neighbor? Is everybody? You notice how it doesn't say our favorite neighbor, our next door neighbor, our friendly neighbor, my neighbor that likes to mow my yard, plant, help me with my flowers. It's not that specific neighbor. It's everybody. It's the neighbors that you don't necessarily like that likes to blow their leaves into your yard. So it's everybody. So no little asterisk next to our neighbor. It's kind of neat how it breaks out into two categories. It gives you the narrow sense right below that, and then the broader sense. The narrow sense that it's giving is pretty much the legal sense. It's talking about perjury. If you're in a trial, if you're in court or something like that, as a witness or however you're actually in court for whatever position, it's telling you to not bear false witness legally. And you see how nar the narrow sense is just that one statement. The broader sense is pretty much the whole rest of the lesson. So it kind of falls a whole lot of other categories into the broader sense. So under the narrow sense, it says making an untrue statement, perjury, against one in court or in depositions. And then it gives you Proverbs 19.5. It says a false witness will not go unpunished. Can you get punished for perjury? Will they just frown at you? Or what will they do? You could go to jail, couldn't you? So you might want to, you know, they might want to really concentrate and determine whether or not they want to do that false witness. I think we need to add Facebook to that. Ah, <laughs> add Facebook. Do you think there's a lot of bearing false witness on Facebook? There, yeah, there's in the news. So... And I think one of those times when you see so much bearing false witness, then you have to have your own kind of filter, kind of like a godly filter when you're seeing these things and you're seeing things, lots of bearing false witness in different settings and stuff like that. You need to look at it and go, that's not right. Especially if you have somebody that you know, and unfortunately I know teenagers, they can get kind of tough on that. As far as if you see somebody bearing false witness against somebody else that you know, you, you kind of want to stand up for them and go, wait, no, don't, don't do that. Do you know, one of the things I think that a lot of people notice is it's, do you think it's easier to bear false witness on social media? Why is that? <laughs> you've kind of, you've got a pretty big distance. I mean, you can have people bearing false witnesses from other side of the world. The sad thing is a lot of times with those situations, don't tend people, doesn't it seem like people tend to believe it faster than they won't believe it? 
they tend to give it a little more credit when they they weren't in the situation. They don't know anything about this person. They weren't exposed to the conversation or anything like that. They tend to believe, well, if it's on social media. Well, that comes from multiple people just sharing the same falsehood. <laughs> that's, what gives, that's what can give it credence. Before social media, do you notice, too, that when you, when you would hear something and say you're on this side of the room and you heard something, by the time you convey it, say to the person next to you, person next to you, person next to you, is, this, is it the exact same thing at the end of the room? So until you really know the situation and what's happening, find out more about it. Because a lot of times it gets spun in a whole many different ways. So that's kind of what kind of leads us into the broader sense, too. If you look at the first one, it tells, or says, telling lies to someone withhold, or withholding the truth in order to harm or lead him or her astray. Normally, kind of, if you're telling lies about somebody, are you trying to lead somebody else astray? <clears throat> Whose benefit are you doing it for? You, you tend to do it for yourself. The whole method of what you're doing, what you're spinning, it's something that's going to benefit you. I think a lot of times, and not just when we were growing up, adults do it, do it also, is you'll say something, gossip, about somebody else, because a lot of times what you're trying to do is you want them to focus and think about that person and not about yourself. You want them to notice that more. The, uh, back in the Third Reich, the uh, PR leader of, uh, for Hitler coined the phrase that if you tell a lie often enough, it will be believed. And it's being done today again and again and again. And it's even being touted as the way to go by some of our polit political leaders. That's so sad. Y'all agree with that? Haven't you seen that? That it seems like when you tell a lie often, often enough, people will believe it? I think, too, it's also a case of where when somebody says something about you, or sometimes even when you start thinking things about yourself over and over again that nobody else thinks, then you start thinking it's balloon, that it's the truth. Well, that, well, I'm not very good at this, or I can't do this. And you just keep doing that negative talk to yourself or to somebody else, and then all of a sudden it becomes a fact? No. Who's, who's doing that? Who's in control of all that? Yes. That's Satan spinning the pot. He's so good at it. So let's just break that spoon he's spinning with. I don't like it. It talks about, uh, it gives us Ephesians 4.25. It says, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For all, we're all members of the same body. We're all children of God. That's one of the things you have to kind of keep in mind. There, even when you see people doing really bad things, terrible things, you re we really need to try to think and pray about it, pray for them. I think it's heartbreaking to God because they are a child of his. It talk, takes us to Acts 5, 3 through 4. It says, then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money to your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. Do you remember the story of Ananias? The, he had some land and he sold it. Kept some of the money. He was giving some of the money away, but he kept some of it too. But he wouldn't tell anybody that he kept some of it. I'm not sure his wife even knew that he kept some of it. And of course, God's like, why, Ananias? Why, why did you do that? I mean, you're obviously lying to him because he's God, but then you're lying to everybody else that you sold it. No, nope, I don't own any more of it. It's all gone. Money's all gone. I donated it. I did this. No, you really didn't. Why did you think you needed to say that? Why do you think you needed to lie? What benefit was that? 
It takes us down to betraying somebody by revealing his or her confidential or private information without their informed consent or permission. Ever heard of that being, have, being done before? Would that be gossiping? When is, is gossiping, is gossiping ever good? Can you think of a time where gossiping was good? Is, isn't there a pretty good amount of people that do it? I'll admit it. I've done it. It's not, it's not good. There's never any, and usually who is the driving factor? Who wants some sort of benefit out of the gossip on that situation too? It's still doing something for our own benefit. Try to do something for somebody else's benefit, not just ours. Proverbs 2019 says a gossip betrays a confidence. So avoid anyone who talks too much. <laughs> okay, all the women, we all need to get up and leave. <laughs> It'll be really quiet in here. <laughs> Do men go... <gasps> did you hear that? I didn't say it. She did. She said men are just as bad. Don't kid yourself. Sometimes I think they're a little more subtle, though. Okay. Yeah, I think at, at, we're at work, right? Men are, at, women are too, but I mean, my interaction with other men is at work. So it's kind of funny. We have a gentleman we call the Pie Piper because he goes around and he tells the stories, you know. And you kind of have to be on alert, right? The Pie Piper's coming, you know, and he's going to try to lead you into some story. So but men do it as well. You just have to, it's a different setting, maybe. So when the Pied Piper's coming, you need to try to conveniently relocate yourself? <laughs> You're a child of God. You just listen, right? Yeah. You, don't, you, know, you don't have to agree or fuel the flame. And it's really con it's hard not to get involved in that, right? Is it hard to change it? I mean, if the Pied Piper is coming up to your table and is walking up and he's like, okay, guess what? Guess what I heard? What would be something to try to... Stop that. I'm sure it's difficult. I mean, it's in his DNA, it sounds like. <laughs> but what would be a good way to try to stop him? Speak first and come up with something else. Speak first, come up with something else. We had a real gossip problem way back in our old church when we were in Richardson. Mm -hmm. And the elders were talking about it. And what we came to, came to say to the, all the elders, if someone comes to you with a, a story, a gossip, or if you're hearing of gossip, you need to go to that person and follow the, 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 what Paul tells you about the proper way to handle gossip. First, have you taken that to the person that you're talking about? And that shut it off really quick. <laughs> if you really talk to that person face to face about this issue, and if you haven't, then you've got nothing to talk about. That's a good point. Is to try, try to get a little more clarification on it. One thing I read is it says, if you have somebody that'll gossip with you, they will gossip about you. That's kind of, that makes you kind of like, uh-oh. Is that surprising? It's really not. When you think about it, you're like, well, yeah, I guess they're, if they tend to gossip that much, they're going to come stand next to you, gossip, gossip, and then they're going to go to somebody else and go, I guess what I know about them. It's just, it festers. How, how do you find, like, discern the line between gossip and just relaying information? Like, for example, the, the Pied Piper story, like, would that, would you really consider that like gossip or, or, or would that just be relaying information and giving an example? That's a good question. And that's actually on here also. It says, what is the difference between quote, quote, gossip and quote, processing my feelings? Facts. Facts. So what would that be? The difference between gossiping and processing my feelings. To me, isn't gossip typically negative, for one thing. You're talking negative about someone else, your processing feelings should be more internal about me and what I'm feeling. Maybe it's about what I'm feeling, but other people, maybe it'll be a bit annoying or something like that. <coughs> you know, it should be more focused on that. 
It does. I think when you, when you think of processing my feelings, you think that as more of a, a positive thing, that you're just trying to understand what's happening. Gossiping just not, whenever you say that word, that's just a negative feeling. feels like a negative setting. So if you're processing your feelings, well, process it, process it with somebody that doesn't like to gossip. Pick the right processor to talk to about it and go over it with. One thing about like politics, you know, stuff comes out and then you discuss with it. Is that considered, is that on the gossiping thing? Because you are talking about what somebody else said about the president or what somebody else in Congress did or said or, you know, what is that considered gossiping when you're discussing? Do y'all hear that? When you're talking about things like politics and, you know, you hear this and that person says this and that person does that, do you consider that gossiping? No. It can be. How can it be? Again, are you passing the information along because is this is something you validly need to consider whether this is someone you wish to support or vote for? Or is this just to cause trouble? See, I think that's a good example of a difference between processing your feelings or maybe just processing the situation. But if you try to get it shifted to causing trouble, that to me is what shifts it to gossip. Is that kind of? I think the other thing is, is the information valid? Because I have noticed of late in watching the evening news, I listen to the story and at the end I'm like, um, did this come to a conclusion? Or or is it all the information? Because most of the garbage that is out there may contain a small element of truth, but they have left out stuff. So like recent campaign, I didn't pay attention to it. I do not respond to the advertisements of either political party because they are both slanted. I, I, I refuse. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, you know, and, and I tell people, I'm not, I don't have all the information. I don't believe that. So, you know, basically, I don't believe the news. Okay. I don't believe advertisements. I mean, quite frankly, I wonder why they even bother because I'm not paying attention. Well, I think that's a that's a good description too of gossiping. Don't you think that it's probably the story has got some holes in it? And that it's missing some of the information and that you're not getting the whole story? Well, and, and here's the other thing. Teaching middle school kids, they have plenty of gossip. <laughs> but I will tell you, this is the most dangerous part of it, is that, you know, when a kid would come to me and would say, you know, my first question is, does that kid really know your mother? And the answer was always no. But there was still an impact on that child. Mm. So, you know, that's, I don't know the solution to that. but. I would always challenge, does this person actually have information? Now, it's the best defense against the gossip, Mm -hmm. but it's certainly not complete. Well, and that's a good summary of it, too, is it's going to, what you say, what you do is going to have an impact on the other person. So let's try to make it a positive impact. One of the things that I wrote here on the board when it talks about, because we've always talked about, pastor said, you know, Take a breath before you speak, think it through, stuff like that. And before you're talking, before you're, you know, processing your feelings, because we don't use the gossip word, we hate that word, is it tells you before you speak, and I know y'all have heard this before, it'll tell you to think. And the reason I wrote this on the board, because these are kind of the five little things, the questions that you ask yourself before you speak. And the first one, the T, is, it's not in your paperwork. I wrote this down. (laughs) It says, before you speak, think. The T means, is this true? Is what you're saying, is what you're talking about, is what you're going over, is it true? Well, a lot of times we don't even know that from the very beginning. Well, then we shouldn't be talking about it. The H is for 
Is it helpful? This is where we're trying to put a positive spin on our speaking. And I think this kind of helps derail the whole bearing false witness and lying is think these through before you talk about it. So is it true? Is it helpful? The I is, is it inspiring? Is it good? Can it have a good impact? Can it have a good effect on somebody? The N, I think this is one that <laughs> people tend to ignore, is what you're saying, is it necessary? I think people see the thick part of it and not the N in there. Is it necessary? Is what you're talking about, is what you're saying, is it necessary? And the last one for the K, is it kind? There's no U in there, it's not thunk. When some people say, oh, I didn't thunk it, no, think it. You would be ugly. <laughs> so think it, don't thunk it. <laughs> is, is it kind before you say it? I have a question. We had a, a my old neighbor a long time ago, um, some people that had gotten out of prison and moved in, rented a house in our neighborhood, and we didn't know, nobody knew what it was for, but the mailman started the thing, but to warn people, like, you know, there are people that have just gotten out of prison here because they were getting letters uh, from the uh, correctional forwarded from the, anyway, so of course that spread like wildfire. Mm. It was true that he, they had been in prison, I guess, since the postman, you know, but so it was kind of like warning everybody to watch your, you know, be careful with your kid, you know, whatever. Mm. So it, that just it did spread like crazy, but was that gossip or was that concern for your children? You know, mm -hmm. how no one really knew, no one mm -hmm. went up to the house and said, are you really just out of prison? You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> were you a child molester? Were you a murderer? You know, we, nobody knew why he had been in prison. Was it drugs? Was it, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. But we all were very cautious. I mean, he lived right across the street from us, so we were like, uh, <laughs> You know. Yeah, you don't so, know. I mean, is that, I, that just came to mind was like, was that all of us, were we all gossiping because we didn't really know, but we wanted to be, everybody to be aware and careful, with, you know, so what do you think? I think kind of like you said is that if you don't really know and then you start talking about it, stuff like that, I think that kind of starts shifting it to gossip because you don't know the facts. And I think a lot of times in a situation like that too, we're going to shift. If you're trying to guess the facts, do most of us shift that it's going to be something positive or it's going to be something negative? You think most of the time we all tend to shift that we're going to hit the negative path before we're going to hit the positive path. That's why we should find out ahead of time. They also like to throw in the word judgmental to hear that when somebody's telling me a story, and is that putting judgment into my mind? Am I now judging this person? And, and like if I tell it to someone else, it's not up to me to judge anyone. And I try and keep that in my mind um, that I'm not going to be judgmental. Well, it's a good thing to not be judgmental, too. I mean, it's, it's another thing that's easy to do. It's easy to do, be judgmental against somebody else. Well, how do we feel when somebody's judgmental against us? And they don't know the facts. So then why should it be so easy for us to be judgmental on somebody else when we don't want them to do it to us? And in my mind, it all goes back to, and can we wrap around what Martin Luther gave as his description of this commandment? Mm -hmm. Put the best construction on everything. And if you can, if you hear something that is not, you, you don't know if it's true or not, then you could put the best construction on everything by meaning there must be a point to that, mm -hmm. and the person that you're talking about, look into what what caused them to do that, what kind of, do they have problems? Mm -hmm. Everybody has problems, mm -hmm. and so it comes out in negative ways. It does, and you can and see, oh, up on it, so yes. We all do. Well, and you see, what's the first thing that's on this, spells this out? 
What's the first one? True. That should be kind of the first thing that we try to factor in before we start talking, start processing is, okay, is what I heard true? Well, how do you know if it's true? How do you find out? You don't just assume? Go to the source? Yeah. Don't assume. Don't think, well, well, this person told me, so it has to be true. Or I saw it in the media, so it has to be true. <laughs> or I saw it in the news, so it has to be true. But even if it's true, you probably still shouldn't tell somebody, you know, gossip. Yeah, you still shouldn't gossip. Because a lot of times we're still not getting the whole story. I mean, when you see somebody and they're struggling with something, you start thinking the worst. Do, you, do we know everything that's going on behind the scenes in that person's life? Do we know if they're struggling with something? If they're struggling with health, if they're struggling with a friend, if they've lost a family member, if they're struggling at school, if they're struggling with other, do we know all that's going on? Or we just assume that everything is, everything is just peachy keen in their life, so this one thing just kind of summarizes the whole situation. Yeah, and um, uh, talking about that one example of someone in uh, prison, we don't know what it was. Uh, I think that you can be careful and kind at the same time. So maybe tell the kids to stay away from the house for a little bit until you know, but then give them something, uh, a, home, uh, a homewarming gift. Uh, get to know the people. And if they're hostile, you keep away. But if they accept you into their heart, then you enter. So it's a balance of being careful, but yet still being kind at the same time. That's a great statement. Be careful and kind. Those are not ugly words. Those go well together. Gossip can be very, very tricky. <laughs> I have a friend who, who prefaces all of her gossip with, we need to pray for. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So-and-so, because I heard. Oh. That's a slick way to slide that gossip in, isn't it? <laughs> it can be. Have you ever gone when that person says, you know what, we need to pray for you? Go, stop, right there. We need to pray for you so you don't gossip. No. <laughs> but that is, have you ever noticed that people can sh make things bright and shiny and look so attractive and then they just slip something in there that was just not quite as pretty? That, that's, that's slick. <laughs> so hard not to listen, though. Ah. It's so hard not to uh, get caught up in it. Because they made it so shiny and pretty at the very beginning. Maybe, it may be important information you need to know. <laughs> but you hear that it may be important information. It may be. So try not to be... Pulled in by the slick, shiny method. <laughs> a lot of people gossip because it makes them feel important. Yeah. You know, I know something you don't know, but I'm fixing to tell you. <laughs> Did you hear that? Is that sometimes, you know, that's how you can be kind of the center of attention. Is if you're gossiping, it's like, oh, wait, come here, come here. You, you got to hear this. You got to hear this. Then all of a sudden, it's like an anthill around you because they all want to hear something. But again, to me, it's that case of where that person is wanting everybody's focus on somebody else. They don't want the focus on them. But I guarantee you they would be shocked, hurt, upset, all those things if the whole anthill was pointing at that person and gossiping about them. So it's an ugly cycle back and forth and back and forth. It's just, it's toxic. So you have to end it. I think it's important to note here, back from uh, your, your statement earlier at the very beginning of class, all, all that we've been discussing right now regarding this, the, the think mentality also should apply to what we see and what we post and share on Facebook or other social media sites. Because, because I mean, even, even as we, like, say, approach the new... Uh, election cycle that will be coming mm -hmm. up in two years, like there are already disinformation campaigns that are running <laughs> in full force already. And I, I've had to, like, I've had to 
reel myself back from just sharing something on Facebook because either it may affirm, like, may affirm my my somewhat my biased beliefs, mm -hmm. or uh, even lashing out at someone that I'm either friends or family of. Uh, because they share something that affirms their beliefs, but I know to be untrue, and I need to get into a better practice of being kind and telling yeah. them, hey, that isn't exactly right. So, so that's something that we need to be cognizant of uh, as well in our, in whenever we interact, mm -hmm. not only in person, but online. And it's tough. It's tough to do those things. Let's look at... Um, the second page, it says revealing, quote, truth about somebody, someone else, which may also injure their name or reputation. And it kind of talks about some of these. It's like three questions to ask yourself. Is the truth truly true? When I was reading that at home, I was like, God, say that five times as fast as you can. Truth, truly true. Truth, truly. And it was, it's just interesting how it says that. It kind of sums it up. Is the truth, the, quote, truth that you're hearing, is it truly true? Or does it have its own little spin to it that kind of knocks it off the truth balance and has some untruth weaved into it? It also says, is it necessary for reasonable decision making? Do you have to hear that, what they're saying? For you to be, be able to make a decision at all in this situation, do you have to hear this, quote, truth without truly finding out if it's true. It says, will it get in the way of, quote, putting the best construction on everything? I think a lot of times it, tends, it does tend to get in the way. Gossip gets in the, don't you think that gossip gets in that last statement? Will it get in the way of putting the best construction on everything? I think gossip is a big roadblock to that. It's like a wall. It's hard to put the best approach, the best thought, the best construction on a situation if it's gossip. It says, if you are still unsure of the right thing to do, talk with a trustworthy, mature, and godly counsel for help. One of the things that I saw one time, and I've shared it in some of the women's groups that I've been in, I'm sure all of you know, I don't know if I've talked about that, this in here before, what GPS is on your phones. Do you know what GPS in the, in, technically stands for? It's the Global Positioning System. Well, and one of the things I read in uh, one of these studies I've been looking at, they said, actually, let's make it God's positioning system instead of the global positioning system. Because the global positioning system, when you're talking about relating to people, getting to know them, talking about them, that's the worldly global positioning system. So they're going to position you on a certain path with, around certain people. That's what the world's going to do. Well, if you have a godly positioning system, instead of the world letting be your directional finder, the path that you need to take, what you need to give attention to, and let that be the decision factor on where you're going. Let God be your positioning system. And let him give you the direction. Let him give you the path. Let him give you the knowledge of the route you need to take. And not just in your car. Not when you're walking, but when you're around people. What is the route what is God's positioning system that he wants you to take? Well, he wants you to take this. He wants you to take all these in, into the positioning on the decisions you make. Is it true? Helpful, inspiring, necessary, kind. I mean, as far as a GPS, I think that could fuel your tank up and get you wherever you need to go. Let him be the controlling factor in the things that you do. It says also, it says, if you end up hurting the other person, even unintentionally, be prepared to repair the hurt you caused. Well, that's easy, isn't it? It's really not, it's kind of scary, isn't it? But is it necessary? It's the, it's the scary necessary that needs to be done. Can I add one more thing to that? Does it glorify God? 
yeah, we could change this. I mean, don't, don't block out the kind, but you can change it to thing. Is it glorifying? And who is it glorifying? I think, I think that G in the gossip word is glorifying who? Satan? Sometimes we're glorifying ourselves. Oh, well, I told her not to do that, but, you know, she didn't pay attention to my good advice, and she did this, and now look what happened to her. Well, you're gossiping, and you're glorifying yourself because you were the smarter person. You gave the better advice. So, I mean, we could probably say, put a whole bunch of words up here of ways that God's directing us. It says on here, if, another one of the broad sense of bearing false witnesses is harbor evil thoughts or plot harm, revenge, against someone else. That's pretty harsh. That's pretty strong. I don't know if you actually plan to harm somebody else, but has anybody ever had evil thoughts about somebody else? <laughs> See, I got a laughter. <laughs> got a lot of laughter. They're like, uh, yeah, we've kind of all done it. Just don't act on it. Uh, F says failing to exercise verbal or written self-control when upset at someone else. Okay, we know about failing to exercise verbal self-control. Give me examples of failing to control, writ have written self-control. Sending an email, um, um, going back over it yeah. before you send it. Mm -hmm. It's like, don't send Yeah, don't or, emails. Or a letter, I mean, you know, read it, mm -hmm. let it sit for a day, and then you probably want to send it. Yeah. Think about it before you send it. Text was one of the ones I heard also. Shares on social media. Shares on social media. What do they call it? Unfollowed several people. Yeah. I, they're still my friends, but yeah. I got so tired of the hundreds of shares of stuff that, is it true? Is it this? I'm like, I don't want to see it anymore. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. You, know, you see that share, think a hundred times before you press the button. Yeah. But it's so, how, which, which is easier and which is faster, thinking about it or just hitting the send button? A friend that wrote a letter to another friend that they're no longer friends. Mm. <laughs> I think we all know what happened here. <laughs> so she wanted to write her a letter, and it's been like over a year, and I said, why? Why do you feel the need? Is it to hurt her? Is it to, she goes, well, I just want her to know that I didn't, you know, and I was like, but what's the point of that? You it's, know, yeah, it's like one less dig that you're trying to do. You know, of course she got in there, I'll pray for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, she ended up writing it and sending mm. it, so anyway, I didn't talk her out of it. Well, one of the things I learned too, like at work or in other settings or stuff, when you're sending an email, it's hard to do so much by email because there's no interaction in, in it. There's no context. One of the things you have to understand is that you could be sending something that you're meaning well, but the person that's on the receiving end, if they're in a bad situation, they're having a bad day, they're just, it's just a really bad time for them. They're going to read it based on a lot of times the mental setting that they're in. Mm-hmm. There have been many times that my mom has gotten group emails from just different groups, and maybe the person was writing it with good intent, mm -hmm. and she was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> she was not yeah. happy because that's sometimes how it happens, and you can read it different. It may not have been meant that way. Well, social media, a lot of times somebody will send out something good, and then somebody else, the say political different, you know, comes back and says something really evil and then it just starts, you know, the the war where yeah. then people come and it's like, why are you even saying this? If this was something positive and you're trying to make, you know, but then you just have all this uh, on it. I think social media is just... Yeah, that's the sad, sad thing is that sometimes you can see somebody post something positive and you'll see, you know, maybe two or three people, oh, that's so nice, they respond. You see somebody post something negative, and then it just rolls for pages of comments, adding to it, fueling it. Ugh, let's try to get rid of that. Sometimes I think, sometimes I've been like, okay, is this Facebook or is this fake book? Because you feel a lot of it sometimes is like, 
no, that's not right. That's not the way that, that she is. Why would you post that on the, for the world to see when you don't know her and what you said that, or know him? That's not right. Underneath it, it talks about, it gives us James 1, 1 through 12. It says, not many of you should become teachers. No pressure. Says my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. Able to keep the whole body in check. How many anyone's like that do you know? Are you one? Are you saying you are? No. <laughs> you know who? There you go. That's the only one. Nobody other than him is perfect. It kind of leads me back to when, you know, they're all getting ready to stone Mary. And he says, those of you without guilt cast the first stone. Those of you that are innocent cast the first stone. Who threw the first stone? Nobody. They all dropped it. There was one person that could cast that stone. Who was that? Jesus. He was the one who was innocent. Had never done any guilt. Did he do it? Did he throw the stone? No, he didn't because of his love. But that's a way is, you know, if you have never been guilty of any of this stuff, okay, then start spreading the word, start gossiping. But what's that going to do? Nothing good. It also says there, it says, we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us. We can turn the whole animal. Or you take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. It says, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great, it's, consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. <laughs> that, I think that whole grouping right there tells you that the tongue itself is probably one of the most powerful weapons out there and tends to be one of the most vicious. It's just... So it's kind of one of those things when they say, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything. The gossipers say, if you can't say anything nice, come sit by me. That's a gossiper. But it's vicious what the tongue can do. I mean, the, I've, things that I've read about it, it says, one of the things I saw is it says, gossip is the devil's radio. Don't be his DJ. I saw that. It's like, don't spin it. Don't contribute to it because it's a vicious thing. The tongue is very vicious. So give it a sweet spin. You know, if you have to put a, a, a flavor mint in your mouth before you talk so it's nice and sweet, do that. It says below that too, it says all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Wow. It's telling us some pretty harsh things about what we can do with that tiny little part of our body. This is interesting too. It says with the tongue, we praise our Lord and father. And with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeliness. So, you know, we'll stand in church and we'll sing all these beautiful songs. Let's not walk out the door and start da -da 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 -da, letting the tongue get ugly. Keep God on your tongue. Instead of, you know, instead of, okay, what would Jesus do? Say, what would Jesus say? What just rolled out of my mouth? Would he say that? Would he take that approach? If it's these things, if it's in helpful, inspiring, necessary, kind, he would do that, and true. These things, you can let that roll off your tongue. Not the thunk version. Not, don't throw that you in there, the ugly part. 
It says, it says the beloved of God, this is another one of the points, the beloved of God can honor God and protect each other's reputation by defending other people's names and reputation verbally and in social media. So take that, take that step, defend them. I know a lot of times it's kind of scary because you're worried about the backlash that you're going to get. And then they're going to start coming at you and saying stuff. But still take that, the positive step, the right step. Because it is going to pay off. It says, Proverbs 31, 8 through 9 says, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. For the rights of all who are destitute. It also says, speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. In a class that we were doing yesterday, is we were talking about, uh, this was a women's class, it was talking about the poor and needy. I think a lot of times when we think of poor and needy, we think of people that, you know, they don't have any money, or they need some food, or something like that. What are other ways that people can be poor or needy? You can need a friend. They're lonely. Need a kind word. Need a hug. Need somebody just sit sit with them. Put your hand on the back of their chair and just sit with them. That's poor and needy also. So when it's saying speak up and judge fairly, defend the rights of the poor and needy. If they need your help, be there. Give them that nourishment. Give them that to me, that, that's wealth. You give somebody kindness, you give them love, you give them support, you give them caring. You're spreading the wealth. You're spreading God's wealth. It says, shielding him or her against false accusations, speaking well of someone by honoring, there's the 5-1 ratio again. Put the best construction on everything so far as it can be done and still be truthful. Denial is not truth. I mean, if you, know, if you hear something about somebody and you know it's not true, if you say, I don't know, is that truth? What do you say? It's more like avoidance. What do you say? What should you say? Truth. Yeah. Tell them the truth. Say, no, that's, that's, that's not accurate, really. Same like, say, you, somebody says, oh, did you hear so-and-so's getting divorced? We'll say you had or you did know from mm-hmm. the horse's mouth. <laughs> What should you say? How does that become, go- you know? Like, How does it become gossip? Well, yeah, I mean, if you, to me, if you say, after this, if you say, yeah, um, it almost becomes gossip. You could maybe put a spin on it like, it, you know, it's, just, it's a sad situation. Maybe. To try to derail them or something like that. Can you think of a time in the Bible where lying was okay? It was a good thing. It was somebody. Uh, Rahab. Rahab. Do you remember what Rahab did? She's in Jericho. She was a prostitute. Yeah, she hid the spies that Joshua sent in to investigate Jericho. She's, she was a Canaanite in that area. None of them believe it. She'd heard about what God had done. Part of the waters, all the plagues. She'd heard about that. So... The king knew that the spies were in town. He even knew where they were. He knew they were at Rahab's house. So they came, the soldiers came knocking. And what did she do? They said, where are they? Do you know where they are? What did she say? She said, no. Did she know where they were? Yeah, she hid them on her roof. Underneath the flax, the big bags of sheaves, she hid them. Okay, She bore false witness. She lied. How is that a good thing? Who was it benefiting? It was benefiting the Lord. She wasn't doing anything for herself. Because if she was, she would have said, oh, they're right up there. They're go up the stairs on the roof. They're they're underneath the bags. So she did. She did lie. She did bear false witness. But she did it for the Lord. But, but don't give it the slick spin saying, well, uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm a believer and I do this. I do everything for the Lord. But did you know 
did you know that such and such? No, then you're putting the slick spin on it. She was just protecting them. So that was interesting when I was looking through this is that Rahab, she did lie, but none of it was for herself. None of it was to hurt anybody else. None of it was bad against somebody else. She was protecting them. It says on here, it says, how do you accomplish this in real time as far as, you know, doing the right thing? It says, James 1, 19 through 20, dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Those three things right there are tough. And it says, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And then it gives you some little points there. It says, know yourself. What triggers your anger? Frustrations, upsetness. Recognize what form of fight, flight you most often go to. Then it says, ask, I hear you saying, is that what you meant? So I think that's one of the times when you're around that gospel monger's like, well, I, I hear you saying this, but... That's kind of how this is coming across. Is that what you meant? Is that what you meant to say about that person? Because this is, maybe I'm not understanding what you're saying. Because this is kind of, is that what you meant? Because this is, this is what I'm hearing. And then it says, listen well. Not just listen, but listen well. Then speak or act. So you notice at the very top of that, the list of those five, speak or act is not the very first one on the list. It's at the bottom of the list. It's the last one. So don't jump into speaking and acting. Do these things first. Then I think you'll have a, good, a better spin on the speaking and the acting. So let's go. I mean, I think cheers to all of y'all. We actually finished the whole lesson. <laughs> Since we don't always do that in class. So let's go ahead and close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we're always so gracious just to sit and be in your presence at all times, but especially when we can get together, discuss your word, discuss kind of the best approach on everything we should do, an example of everything that you do, all the good and the love that you spread. We're just, we're so thankful that we can just be submerged in that and exposed to it more. We ask that you be with each one of us as we leave here. We ask that you be with Pastor Adi as he travels back from the very cold he was in. And we just thank you so much for your blessings and help us to give blessings and love to others. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Messiah's Upper Room Podcast. If you want to join the discussion, please send us an email with your question or comment to messiahlutheranpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll be happy to read it during an upcoming class. You can also go to our website at www.messiahlutheranpodcast.com, where you can find links to all the previous episodes and copies of our class notes in case you want to follow along with each episode. You can also find out where to subscribe to the podcast at messiahlutheranpodcast.com slash subscribe for links on how you can find us on iTunes, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, TuneIn, or any other podcast catcher of your choice. If you feel like we have given you any value during this podcast, please consider going to our podcast page in iTunes and leaving a rating or a review. Not only will that provide us with valuable feedback that we can use to improve the podcast for you, but it will help this podcast to climb the iTunes rankings and help us spread God's message to anyone willing to listen. Once again, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And until next time, may God bless you throughout your week. Bye.